welcome in to the Rantings of a Fantasy Football Fanatic. I'm your host, Jesse Moeller, a.k.a. on the old Bird app, jmoller05, and all the other social media platforms you can find me there. We are talking about our Sunday takeaways, and what did we take away from last night's batch of games? Well, let me tell you, there was a lot to take away, and it was pretty good. So let's dive into it. What do you think? The first takeaway, them boys are back. My goodness, the Cowboys put it on the Vikings with the, I think it was their their best road victory of all time. It's crazy. Like, you think how good the franchise has been for all these years, and that was their best performance as far as point differential. I think that's, and the, I, I've never seen a quarterback be set up to fail as poorly as Kirk Cousins was last night. It was brutal. He had a 63% pressure rate. So that means basically on two-thirds of his dropbacks, he was getting pressure right on them. And it made sense because they had no time. They couldn't do anything. The offensive line was just outmatched. You think they would have maybe tried to do some different things, but they couldn't. The Cowboys' defense line was too good. The pressure just kept coming and coming. And it was it reminds me of the quicksand reference from Keanu Reeves, where like the harder you try, the faster you sink. And that was what was happening with Minnesota. They just couldn't do anything. And... On the flip side, oh my word, Tony freaking Pollard is the truth. 21 opportunities, 189 yards and two touchdowns. Good grief, Tony Pollard, you were something special. It's it's weird, like we everyone's talking about, oh yeah, Zeke's a problem. Yeah, he technically is still a problem. He still had 16 opportunities and he got two, you know, cheap touchdowns. But he's a, the difference between these two players is pretty simple in my opinion. If Tony Pollard is a featured back, you have a legitimate high-end upside. If Ezekiel Elliott is a feature back, like if they flip the roles today where Zeke saw more opportunities than Pollard and Pollard was the 1B, it would have been the same situation. Like Zeke would likely end up with a similar yardage, a couple touchdowns, and Pollard maybe doesn't get 189 yards, but he still gets, you know, he doubles his yardage output. And it's just like, it's just, it's wild to see. Like these guys are not even on the same point. Zeke's cooked. He's passable as a running back in the NFL. He does what you want. He just doesn't give you any upside. There, There is no upside anymore in his body. He can't do it. Meanwhile, Tony Pollard is just house calling screens, right? Do you see that? He just took it and gone. Like, that's something Zeke can't do anymore. So, you see the Cowboys are starting to slowly feature him more and more. It only took him a handful of years. But we're finally getting there. So, maybe Jerry can get out of his own way. And, yeah, the Cowboys, that's a really good team. The Vikings actually have a negative point differential, and they're 8-2 on the year. It's pretty crazy. But, yeah, Tony Pollard is the freaking truth, man. If he ever gets the opportunity, he's a top five running back in the NFL. Like, it's all the metrics are in his favor. He's just, he's a special player. And Dallas, the sooner they realize that and trust Tony Pollard, the better they will be, especially if they want a deep playoff run. Like, you want to feature Tony Pollard. You don't want to feature Zeke. Ground and pound, 16 opportunities for 47 yards. That does nothing for your team. Like, why do that? It's just, I'm going to keep hammer, hammering this home. Tony Pollard's the truth. Zeke, not so much. Takeaway number two. Do you remember how worried everyone was <laughs> about the quote-unquote AFC West and the downfall of the Chiefs now that they sent away Tyree Kill? Well, oh boy, the community is looking pretty foolish. That conversation has taken a 180 turn. Where the Chiefs, they're technically up three games on the Chargers, but they beat them twice. So they have a five-game lead in the division. They're rolling to another AFC West championship. And it's just, it's remarkable. Mahomes doing Mahomes thing. 
And remember how people wanted to discount Mahomes? No, he's the GOAT for a reason. Like You watch him just do what he did again, and you're like, this guy can't be stopped. Him and Kelsey are just – it was actually on the flip side. It was nice to see Justin Herbert actually make the offense look good. When you give them competent receivers, it's amazing how different a quarterback's life can look, right? Where you're not having to solely rely on Josh Palmer, who actually had a monster day. Josh Palmer was the stud yesterday. But we saw the difference Keenan Allen make. Of course, Mike Williams came back too early, hurt himself, and he's out again. I don't I don't know why teams continue to do this. Stop bringing guys back early. If they're not ready to play and they're not 100%, now you lose Williams for a longer time. <clears throat> And now you have to deal with the same issue you had before. It's like, why rush these guys back? I get it. You're trying to win. But, man, you need them for the long run. So that's why Allen was out so long. And he's finally good to go. And they got their king back, right? But I've just – Mahomes and Kelsey are just the two best players of their position. And for, like, fantasy, Mahomes is a monster. He's basically doing what Josh Allen's been doing the whole year. So he's, he's staying here. Allen's taking a little dip because of the injury. Mahomes is still just – that truly elite guy. And it's just like, they put up a combined 62 points last night. And would it shock you to see them do that multiple times the rest of the year? Like, it really wouldn't. They're too good. You can't stop Kelsey. Mahomes will just pick you apart. It's it's really a joy for all of us to watch two players that good be in sync together and just do their thing. And we didn't get the quote-unquote Kadarius Tony breakout that we wanted. But Sky Moore showed up. It was nice to see. So, you know, we got some other stuff out of it. And let's just look at these numbers for what Kelsey is on pace for. He's on pace to have the greatest fantasy season of all time by a tight end. They're like, oh, no, he's 33. He's washed. He's like, nah, dog, I'm, I'm not washed. The record's held by Gronk back in the 2011 season. Kelsey's on pace to have a full point higher points per game than Gronk. That's wild. If you put his stats line for the end of his season projected all the way out, 117 receptions, 1,453 yards, 18 touchdowns. That's 370 fantasy points. That's quarterback-level production. And Kelsey's like, hey, guys, I got you. And tight end premium leagues, oh, my goodness. He's such a Chico. It's crazy. Um, I know going into the year, I was like, man, I don't want to pay that price for, for Kelsey. You know what? Now's not a bad time. He's like, goodness. If you have Kelsey on your team, you're loving life. I have Kelsey and Mahomes in two dynasty leagues. Oh, it's a thing of beauty. That stack is just, you can't love it enough. Um, our third takeaway from the game, Isaiah Pacheco is clearly the better running back in Kansas City. And I know CH got hurt, but this has nothing to do with yesterday's game. This is a season-long take. Pacheco's eighth in rushing yards over expectation per attempt. So literally every time he touches the ball, He's giving you a better output than a random NFL running back would get. Meanwhile, CEH is in the 40s. Like, out of qualified rushers, I think he's like 48th or some nonsense. Like, he's awful. It's not good. Now, the easiest way to look at this is if you took away the draft capital from these two guys and just say, hey, both of these guys are a third-round pick, who do you think is going to play, right? And that's where you know, hey, yeah, CEH, just not that good. He's like – He's capable of doing things, but he just can't. doesn't do anything well. Like he was, quote-unquote, this like pass-casting specialist. Well, McKinnon's been better in the pass-catching role, and he's just not a good rusher. And you see Pacheco come in, and he is able to kick into a different gear. Um, he, took a, he took a ball on the outside around the edge and just 
burnt a defender, and he just cooked him. Like, the defender had the edge. Pacheco's speed and explosion just lost the guy. That's something CH can't do. And you see it where it's like you have this high-performance race car in Pacheco. He's not he's not a good pass catcher. Nobody's saying that. But when he has the ball in his hands, he just goes. Meanwhile, CEH is more just like, you know, he's just a Toyota. He's fine. He's not nothing special. But he's not going to really, like, elevate an offense in any way. He's more living off of being in the offense where you're adding Pacheco's speed and explosion into that offense, and it's creating great things for Kansas City. So them hitting on Pacheco is just like a dart throw and finally realizing, like, yeah, CEH. I know Reed said he wanted to get CEH more involved, whatever the heck that meant. But realistically, I don't see a world where Pacheco gives the job back to him because you have Pacheco on the ground and you have McKinnick through the air where there's really no room for CEH to take his job back, right? So it'll be interesting to see, but I'm fully aboard the Isaiah Pacheco train. And I think it's safe to say that CEH was overdrafted, which we've been saying forever, and that he is going to go down a bust, which, you know, sometimes that happens. That's fantasy. Sometimes certain guys bust. What can you do? Um, but he'll be back. He'll be back in a few weeks, so we'll see how it breaks down. But it's it's Pacheco's world, folks. Takeaway number four, and this is all from the same game because this game had a lot that went into it. Keenan Allen, welcome back, King. It was nice to see. He showed up in the biggest moment when they need it. He he didn't play his full snap share. He was in a more limited role, but he led the team in target rate. So when he was on the field, he saw the most targets, man. Which that's what we want to see. It's only going to be a matter of time before he comes back, and he's the wide receiver one. Now, it's interesting because Austin Eckler, who leads the NFL running backs in target share, like 22%, he only saw two targets. So that is an interesting takeaway. He split the targets with Isaiah Spiller for the running back room. But Allen saw eight targets. He had 94 yards. Like He was that dude once again. I know we want to keep fading Keenan Allen, but it's interesting. Like Very good players, like historically great players. They show you that they are historically great. Obviously, there's an injury concern. But besides that, he's the wide receiver one. And then we got Mike Williams out. So it's going to be Palmer is basically the discount cheap version of Mike Williams. Like he does similar stuff. So it actually works out for the Chargers to lose. If they're going to lose a wide receiver, it's Williams. You don't want to lose Allen because Carter is not Keenan Allen, right? So you have those two. And they'll be able to survive. It's just the offense looks so much better with Keenan Allen back. Like that's the biggest takeaway. They were actually able to do things or push the ball downfield because something that Herbert has not done at all this year. So it's it's good things across the board for LA to see, you know, Keenan Allen come back to being who he is. The fifth takeaway. We are moving on to the Saints game, and by golly, Chris Olave is something special. That dude, he caught the deep pass and just cooked Jalen Ramsey from Dalton. This is about 50 yards out. Ramsey got caught flat-footed. He was expecting help over the top, but still. He was late on his read, and he got cooked. And Olave just walked into the end zone. The, the dude's ridiculous. He's the rookie wide receiver one at this point. It's so hard to argue against it. He's playing with the corpse of Andy Dalton, and it doesn't matter. And it's not like Drake London. Like, Drake London's freaking elite, but his production sucks. Chris Olave's producing elite stuff. And I don't know how you dispute it at this point. He's just, he's special. Um, Garrett Wilson's also incredibly special. Traylon Burks, the rookie wide receiver class, folks. So damn good. That's what we talked about coming in. Boom, those rookie wide receivers. And Chris Olave's been the top dog. I'm going to all of them. 
He's definitely a top 12 dynasty wide receiver. But check this out. His pace for the year, 141 targets, 83 receptions, 1,282 yards. That's from a rookie. That's not a year five wide receiver in his peak. No, that's rookie Chris Olave. Yeah, salute to you, Chris Olave. You are special. If you have Chris Olave on any team, you have to be thrilled with this because all the man does is produce. It's a joy to see. Takeaway six, and this is the one that is the most frustrating of all of them, is freaking injuries, man. They ruled the day once again. Fields, shoulder injury. They did cart him off. Kyle Pitts had his knee almost bent backwards when he was hit on inside of himself. It was also ugly to watch. He's done for the year. Wandale Robinson tore ACL. He's done for the year. So we keep getting these injuries. And this is the hardest part about fantasy in the NFL is you have to just manage them. So hopefully you had some depth where if you lost fields, that's a massive loss. But he was an elite of the elite quarterbacks in fantasy. So his loss is going to be felt way more from a fantasy perspective. But it's just, it's a pain to see. Like you hate these injuries continually just coming in. Especially from these young promising players. Just like, man. And they just take it away. You had it. You had it for a few years of fields and it's gone. Kyle Pitts has been very rough, but he's been very good. Just been a terrible situation. And he's gone for the year. Wandale Robinson finally giving the Giants a wide receiver one, what they needed. And, of course, he's breaking out, tears the ACL, and that hurts for times in the crew and the Giants. Like, they had a rough day yesterday. Like, they just didn't play very well. But Rondale Robinson was the bright spot. So, hopefully you're able to find a replacement for Fields because that's the biggest loss of all of them. And we'll see. There's the we're, um, We haven't had news come out on Fields yet. So, hopefully it's nothing major. But if it's long-term, that's just... That's not what I want to say. On to takeaway seven. Devonta Smith is the greatest Robin of any Robin of all time. Now, I know you're thinking like, whoa, calm down, buddy. Absolutely not. He sold 39% target share and he was fantastic. Um, what the Dallas Goddard injury from the week before has done is the passing offense is consolidated to an extreme, basically to like the Miami Dolphins point of view, where it's just those two guys. No one outside of A.J. Brown or Devonta Smith saw more than two targets yesterday. And that's going to continue because, like, realistically, like, Quiz Watkins is fine. <laughs> He's cool. Uh, Miles Sanders not a great pass catcher. Gainwell is just, realistically, just not involved that much. So, it's a run-heavy team. It's not going to pass much. But when they are going to pass, which they still only passed 25 times yesterday, it's Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown. So, at least you have got those two going for you. It sucks for Goddard because it was nice. The, the offense was a lot better with having that third weapon than Goddard. But, you know, we still got Devon Smith and we have A.J. Brown. So you'll see those numbers, their target shares, like, spike up the rest of the year because it's just going to condense around those two. So from a fantasy perspective, it's good for both of them. It sucks we lost Goddard. Hopefully he comes back for the playoffs. But wheels up for A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. The offense is taking a little lull. So... They might need to readjust some things, but I'm not too worried. Even still, Jalen Hurts had like 25 fantasy points. Like, you know, no big deal. Just Jalen Hurts stuff. But it was good to see Demonte Smith step up when the team needed him to. So, yeah, another young promising wide receiver just showing how ridiculous the depth of wide receiver is. It's just crazy. Takeaway number eight. Jets, WTF, my friends. What are you doing with Zach Wilson? He's clearly not the answer. They built up a fantastic court through the draft last two years, right? They've had hits, 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 and then you just throw in this hot, steaming turd called Zach Wilson as your quarterback, and you're expected to produce, and it's just like, man, 
it's not gonna work like how does how do what do you do with that right it's just oh it was so gross nine completions on 22 attempts for 77 yards what are we doing here like oh zach wilson he's holding back the franchise now the jets are six and four all of a sudden they don't have that great record like it's kind of unraveling a little bit so the jets need to figure out what they need to do and, and this is more long term because this year like i don't think they're gonna make the playoffs zach wilson's that bad he's going to hold them back where if the team's relying upon him like you saw what happened yesterday is just atrocious i it's so bad and it's pretty weird because like he torched new england a couple weeks like a couple weeks ago he had 355 two touchdowns but he still had three interceptions right and that was the problem today it was just abysmal belichick and crew made a great defensive adjustment where the jets couldn't do anything like they just couldn't move the ball and then we saw just the the cherry on top the punter with the boneheaded mistake kicking it to the punt returner with like no time on the clock and they, it's like a walk-off win like, hey, punter, what are you doing? Kick it out of bounds. There's no point kicking to that guy. Nothing good from can come from kicking to that guy in that situation of the game. There's only this severe negative aspect if you could lose the game in that situation, right? But, yeah, the Jets need to figure it out with Zach Wilson because I, if you gave them true serum, I'd imagine they would take any first-round quarterback from last year in the 2021 draft and be like, all right, you know, give us T-Law, give us Fields, give us Mac Jones. Trey Lance is hurt, so. I guess it doesn't really matter, right? But if Trey Lance wasn't hurt, they'd be like, yeah, give us Trey Lance. Because I just, I don't see it with Zach Wilson. It's it's rough. You, you, you can't build around guys like that. They they hold your franchise back to the point where, look at what happened to the Panthers. They thought they had it all together. Sam Darnold was just brutal. They brought him in. They're like, yeah, Sam Darnold is the guy. No, Sam Darnold was clearly not the guy. And this was after them looking through like Teddy Bridgewater and all those guys. Funny story, Teddy Bridgewater has been the best quarterback in the last five years for the Panthers, right? So it's like, it's just so bad. And then they brought in Baker Mayfield, just been a disaster. So you see how these young promising franchises can just get absolutely deteriorated by quarterback play. This is what we don't want to happen with the Jets because they have a lot of talent and they're they're fun to watch. Like that defense, they've got a lot of good pieces. They're still a ways to go, but they got the good pieces. Offensively, they got the skill position players. They lost Brees, but... Man, they're there. Like, that's a young core that's promising. And then you give them just Zach Wilson. And it, nothing good comes from it. So they need to reassess in the offseason. They need to find a way to replace Zach Wilson because it's not going to get better with Zach Wilson. And if you give him another year, that's another year where, like, you don't have what you had the year before. It's just not worth it. They need to get out. Take the Arizona game script and just pull the ripcord. Say, we tried it a couple years. It didn't work out. Let's go find a different quarterback. Takeaway number nine, Devontae Adams is him. Oh, my goodness, Devontae Adams. He's so good. I just, I don't know what else you could say. And Russell Wilson, what is happening? I, yeah, I'm taking the L on that one. I thought it was a terrible decision by the Seahawks to trade away Russell Wilson to Denver. Oh, my goodness, it was the greatest decision they ever made. And this would be without them even hitting on Geno Smith. If they, if say, if they went with Drew Locke and he was terrible. The fact you get out of Russell Wilson's contract and just the head case that is Russell Wilson right now, I don't – it's one of the weirdest situations like I can remember from a fancy quarterback. He's just – he's in his own world. I imagine the wide receiver have to be incredibly frustrated, right, because they just can't score. The only guy who can score is Latavius Murray. Like, he's the only guy getting touchdowns in the offense. It makes no sense. Russell Wilson has seven touchdowns on the year. Like, what is happening? This is a guy whose touchdown percentage – it's been incredibly high 
in the Seattle offense over the years. And we're seeing that with Geno Smith this year. He's replicating those stats. But my goodness, Russell Wilson, what the heck? It's just, it's so rough. I, I feel bad for Denver because I, I don't know what's going on at all. Um, but back to Devontae Adams, that man, ooh, baby. You saw him do the walk-off. He cooked back to Sertan. He got caught leaning and just walked off in overtime for the game. <laughs> the guy's incredible. He had just another 13 targets, seven receptions, 147 yards, two touchdowns. You know, no big deal. The crazy thing is, Devontae Adams is on pace for 190 targets and over 1,500 yards. He's going to smash Tim Brown's 25-year-old franchise receiving record. And, I mean, if anybody could do it, it's Devontae Adams. He's the, the greatest receiver of the last, like, five years. And he's literally making a case. Like, if he keeps us up the next few years, he will be the guy of, like, this generation where they're, like, Devontae Adams. And then it's going to get passed down Justin Jefferson, right? Because those two are just incredible. But, yeah, it's it doesn't matter. Just <laughs> I, I see why Rodgers was like, you know what? We're going to feed Devontae at a 33% clip rate, right? Because there's nobody else. Same thing with the Raiders. Why would, who else are you going to pass to on that team? Like, Matt Collins? No, I don't want to freaking pass to Matt Collins. Renfro's out. Waller's out. Like, it's just... Teams know that Adams is the one guy to focus on, and they literally can't stop him. It's pretty insane. So, yeah. Devontae Adams, the wide receiver one receiver. Like, congrats, Devontae Adams. You're so good. Um, The final takeaway is... Life is good as a Seahawks fan. Let me tell you what. Oh! Um, the Seahawks... Potential top five pick? Oh, my goodness. But realistically, the it's what happened. Like, Melvin Gordon just got released this morning. We don't know why. So, Latavius Murray is literally the one guy left standing. So, go trade for Latavius Murray on the cheap because he's going to give you decent – he's going to see all the work. But there's nobody. They literally have nobody. Like, I'm I'm just befuddled. It's it's so confusing. But, yeah, that's the, that's the 10th foul takeaway. Like, Denver sucks. They're – I know they wanted to go all in, but yeah, they traded Chubb. Like I think they realized it when they made those moves. They were like, maybe it's not our year. Let's punt and figure it out because it's pretty clear there's issues, like serious issues going on with Russell Wilson on offense. Um, I'd imagine Hackett can't survive. So we will see a lot of changes next year in Denver. So good luck. Good luck, Broncos fans. Y'all going to need it. But I want to thank y'all for coming in. To the Ranting of Fantasy Football Fanatic, your host, Jesse Moeller, a.k.a. jmoeller05. You can find me all social media platforms, you know, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all of them. I'll be there. Anyways, I hope you guys have a good week, and best of luck in week 12.